0: Welcome to the One Delightful Podcast,
1: where we believe life should be simple,
0: but fun. I'm Philip, And I'm Katie. And we invite you to join us on a journey as we figure out how to clear through the clutter of life to create space for what matters.
1: Because if we can do
0: it, anyone can do it.
1: On today's show,
0: we're continuing our discussion on friendship and community, and we're talking about basically what's the solution to what we talked about last week
1: that's right we're going to talk about 10 ways to cultivate relationships in adulthood man we're gonna to have to keep those tight tight and we're gonna end with what do you recommend friendship edition wow oh lady bird
0: oh the doctor Amazon
1: link has been hot this oh week God.
0: We don't have many catchphrases, but somehow that has become a catchphrase. What's that? Like it being hot.
1: Have we said that a bunch of times? I've said it. We start podcasting. I said and it I that just, one time. I just black out for about 45 minutes. And next thing you know, it's edited. <laughs> it's on the interwebs. And I have no idea what I've said.
0: Oh, that's frightening. <laughs> that Amazon link has been hot. <laughs> okay, so... We're sharing some of our favorite things purchased with our Amazon link. It's an affiliate link. It's no extra cost to you, but it tells us the things you bought anonymously on Amazon. That's right. And so, so what's
1: our best thing from this week? Well, this week week
0: has been some people have bought my sparkly shoes. So it's a little. People are
1: buying your old shoes on Amazon.
0: No, sometimes. What sort of
1: cut-rate organization has this become? jeff bezos
0: this is the nature of our relationship sometimes philip goes down rabbit trails that i don't feel like going down and you probably feel the same way about me
1: you know jeff bezos he's been sending naked pictures of himself <laughs> it's true to the news
0: what are you talking about
1: <laughs> jeff bezos
0: who is he he's
1: the founder of amazon <laughs>
0: And he's? Are you serious?
1: Yes. This is a this is a family program, so I won't say any more. But you should look it up. It's a ridiculous story.
0: That is. Anyway, you're, it just shows you you're that selling your old no shoes. amount of money can make you happy enough that you don't do dumb freaking stuff.
1: Or maybe he makes so much money that that is what makes he, him happy, and he can just do it anyway.
0: I'm not sure why that makes you giggle. Like a schoolgirl.
1: <laughs> no, no. But anyway, so you've I, been selling your own shoes. I
0: honestly thought you were going to stop the tape.
1: No, no, okay. no, no. This is gold. Okay. So you were selling your <clears> old <throat> <own> shoes.
0: <clears throat> so I've recommended to you guys my gold sparkly shoes, which I'm obsessed with, which I have had people like say to me things like what were you thinking when you bought those but then alternatively there's a lot of people that are like where did you get those they're amazing and some people have bought them and that's my whole point that's our featured item this week
1: that's right and Mm -hmm. they have gotten some good reviews Uh, a lot of good reviews camellia skiba who says I love my sparkles I was told as if I was Dorothy's distant cousin with my sparkling shoes who cares? I love my sparkles so much, I've purchased a black pair as well. Comfortable okay. and light. Do you think she bought red
0: the first time?
1: I have no idea, but you would assume.
0: Okay, because see, I it's fine if you guys want to buy the red ones, but that wouldn't be my top choice.
1: I would say that <clears> when you're buying sneakers that are basically like rhinestoned, At that point, you just get whatever color you want. Okay, maybe.
0: Okay, I'm not going to criticize her buying the red shoes. I really recommend the rose gold or the gold, but you will feel fabulous in them. And I'm so glad that some of you guys have got them.
1: Yep. You can shop using our Amazon affiliate link for anything you need off Amazon in the show notes. And you might be featured on a future podcast. All right. So today, Catherine, we are continuing our discussion about friendship and adulthood, why it's hard and how to get it with 10 ways. How to get it, how to get it, how to get them friends. <laughs> Come here, friends, <laughs> Here, girl. get them, get okay. them friends <clears throat> with 10 ways that you can cultivate friendship in adulthood. And I just want to start with a disclaimer by saying this as I'm reading over this list. These it's not these are not simple, like easy things necessarily. Um, But if it's simple, everyone would do it. If it was simple,
0: everyone would do (laughs) it. People would just be running around saying, oh, look at all the friends I've got. (laughs) This is so easy. Easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it.
1: That's right. So it's these aren't simple things, because I think the reasons that we talked about for why friendship was hard last week are legit. Um, but we hope that this could just sort of serve as an encouragement of, hey, friendship is worth it, and here is what you could do to sort of make it happen.
0: Yeah, so this is obviously not um, comprehensive. There could be other things. No,
1: this is (laughs) the definitive list of how to cultivate friendship in adulthood. There is nothing else you could do, period.
0: So these are ideas that we've either seen work people have suggested from our list that we sourced on Instagram, yada, yada.
1: Yeah. And if you got it off Instagram, Uh -uh. you you know, it's (laughs) gotta be true.
0: Okay. So what's the first one?
1: (laughs) Okay. First way to cultivate relationship in adulthood. Number one, this is not easy, but it'll work. And it's take a risk, remembering the long-term benefit.
0: So what do you mean by that?
1: I think mm-hmm. that this is probably more true for people like us that are a little more introverted mm-hmm. and maybe especially a true little more five. You had another person mm-hmm. that was a five on the mm-hmm. Enneagram yeah. like I am respond to this who basically said
0: force I just myself, gotta
1: force myself mm-hmm. to be around people remembering that it'll be good eventually. Yeah.
0: With this, it sounds so silly and basic, but. If you stay home and you never go out, you will not form friendships. <laughs> it sounds so sad. But,
1: <laughs> but I think that we've both been there before, right? Yeah.
0: Where
1: I oh my long gosh. for deep friendships. Right. But I'm not willing to go put myself in places around people where those friendships could start to form. And it makes sense. But then you're
0: sad that you don't have friends. It's
1: like (laughs) a vicious cycle that just makes you more depressed. But it also makes sense. One, everybody's busy and overwhelmed, right? So it is hard to like make a commitment and go do something that you know is going to put you in an uncomfortable place. Right. And like I just said, it's very uncomfortable to walk into like a new setting around people that you haven't met before. But sometimes that's just sort of what it takes to start the process of forming friendships.
0: Yeah. This is probably especially just like a struggle for the more introverted people. Just the people that aren't don't drive as much energy from being with people all the time. Because you want to be with people. Because you want to have relationships. But you also don't want to be with people. <laughs> right? Right. <clears throat> but one of the things is just deciding... I'm going to take a risk, meaning I'm going to initiate with someone or I'm even going to take a risk that this is maybe a sacrifice on my end to go out tonight, but I do want to prioritize friendship. So
1: That's right. So maybe yeah. it's showing up mm. at a church. Maybe it's going to something like mops. Yeah. Um, but just deciding, okay, I'm going to take a risk and show up around people because I know I'm not going to make friends if I don't show up around people.
0: Well, and I think that's like acting within your priorities too. So if you're saying, I value, like for me, I said a few years ago, I wanted to prioritize friendships, and I decided I was going to commit to going to book club, even though I didn't always love going out in the evening, but I knew I wanted to commit to relationships. Yeah, so that I that had to, good. Yes.
1: And I think a lot of it is you got it. That's why we say, like, think about the long term benefit, because um, it might be uncomfortable. And hard in the short term, but keep the long term benefit of like, but I could end up with like deep friendships that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. So it's worth it. In yes. Mind.
0: And that kind of goes into the next one, which is being willing to sacrifice and being willing to ask.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that we've, mm-hmm. you've you found this, I think, especially in the past couple of years, um, that when you're willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. some of your time or energy, That that is something that can definitely help cultivate relationships.
0: Yeah, I feel like as far as relationships getting deeper with friends that I have, a lot of things that brought the depth is um, providing a need or like allowing yourself to let somebody else provide a need right for you
1: for like, what are mm. some examples
0: of that well so one thing I was thinking of is something that even happened today which was I have a friend that I don't see as often just because our schedule is crazy but she was in a bind and asked me to watch her daughter for her and it was like she felt bad asking me but I almost felt honored that she would like let me help her I felt used by getting to help her and then
1: but used in a good, a good way, way.
0: Yes, but I, I, yeah, I
1: felt like... I felt so <coughs> used, and now we have a healthy friendship. Yeah,
0: or um there's a girl down the street from us that um when she had a baby, I brought her a meal, which really isn't in my, like, I would say gift mix. Like, I don't really like making meals for people. I always feel insecure, like, are they going to like my meal? Um, But I feel like that opened the door to kind of, like, say, like, I want to have a relationship with you, and then, like, she's like watched Carter, our daughter, when I was in a bind one day and she got the flu and I took her daughter to the gym. And so it's just, I think a lot of us are transient, like we said in the last episode. And so a lot of us don't live around family. And even if you do, like maybe your family isn't close enough or in the kind of health that you would like, let them watch your kids. And so allowing friends to step in and help you, I think, really just builds depth in a relationship.
1: Yeah. So on the one side, being willing to be vulnerable and saying, I have a need, will you help me? It's really hard to do for a lot of us, um, but it allows people um, to serve you. And when people serve each other, the relationship grows. But yeah. then on the other end, too, there's a lot of times... When someone will ask you to do something and because you're feeling busy or you have other stuff going on, it's hard to say yes. But being willing on the other end to say, oh, yeah, I'd be happy to help um, just provides more ways for friendships to grow. And right. we'll get into this. You more did say
0: within reason.
1: Within reason. Because
0: you don't want to be that like needy friend.
1: Yeah. If you're the needy friend that's only asking for stuff right. all the time. That's probably not a recipe for like a great friendship, but it could be a recipe to get a lot of good stuff a lot of times. Gosh. (laughs) I think connected to our, we're going to talk about Airbnb more in future episodes because that's been such like a huge win for us. and we've had a lot of people asking about it, but I feel like that's another example of that for us where we were in like a need of figuring out some of our finances. So to make Airbnb work, we needed very affordable places to stay which made us very awkwardly ask a couple of friends, hey, would you mind if we like stayed with you for a night or two? It was really uncomfortable for us to ask, but they were so kind and generous to us. And by spending like the weekend with them, our relationship grew so much deeper. It opened the door for us to be able to serve them in ways. And overall, like I think that we are such better friends as a result of that experience.
0: Yes, and... Also, I don't know if you remember this, but they offered it first, like they said. Oh,
1: we didn't ask. They offered
0: I it. know, but it... it but but it, we probably said
1: it in a way mm, that was like, well, no, we're running our house and so we I have think, nowhere to
0: stay. <laughs> but I think it was more, we had already built a um, foundation of friendship with them where we knew that we had developed the type of friendship with them that we could ask each other for things and had helped each other out before. And they knew that we were going to be in, they knew us well enough to know that we were going to need help with that.
1: So maybe the thing to think about is <clears throat> on the one end, the next time someone asks, Hey, could you, I need somebody to watch my kid or something like that. Maybe you want to s- be ready to say yes. And then on the other end, are there any big places where like you could use some help? And could that be an avenue where, whereby you asking someone else to help you, it could open the door to deeper relationship?
0: Okay, so the next one is initiate, which kind of ties into the last one. It's all They're all going to just tie in.
1: They're all basically it's the just, same thing. It's going to be
0: seamless. Just
1: a list of 10 sounds a lot better than <laughs> a list of one. Because is that even a list of no, all? No, it's
0: not. But it is going to be they're all going to tie in perfectly to each other.
1: This one was something that a lot of people communicated on Instagram when you were asking those questions. Um, so how to cultivate relationships, um, initiate.
0: Yeah. Meaning kind of going off of our last week's episode of other people are probably struggling with the same things you are as far as feeling lonely, wanting community, yada, yada. So then, you know, reach out, like assume there's other moms that are probably lonely like I am. So I'm just going to put it out there and see, does anybody want to come over for dinner tonight? Or like, does anybody want to do an early kid dinner? You know?
1: Yeah. Because like we talked about, <clears throat> if you assume that everybody else is thinking sort of like we naturally do, ah, they have it all together. They wouldn't be available. Or they need if it. they
0: wanted to have, if they wanted to do something, they'd invite me. Like, why not just
1: both are assumptions that prevent relationship when the reality is they're probably thinking the exact same thing you are. Um, and sometimes if you can just initiate and be the one that invites first, right. It really opens the door.
0: Yeah. And we really feel like that again, with most of this stuff, this is just something that's easier for some than others, you know, cause I think Philip and I both feel like it can be intimidating to initiate because you don't know Well, what if they like would rather stay home or whatever, they have enough friends. Um, but taking the risk and initiating. Yeah.
1: So like some examples could be, Mm -hmm. you could initiate offering Mm -hmm. to like bring a meal to someone. Mm -hmm. Oh, I heard you just, you guys were just out of town for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, or, um, you just had a baby, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, just for no reason at all. Hey, could I just bring over Mm -hmm. dinner tonight?
0: The next one is don't wait to start until it's clean or it's finished as in a house project.
1: Right. And well, I think a lot of these things go back to the perfection thing. Right. Or the idea of I've got to have it all together in order to be able to do this Mm -hmm. or thinking somebody else has it all together is Mm -hmm. a barrier to being friends with them.
0: Right. Well, because I think a lot of times I'm like, oh... They they have more space in their house. We're in New England, so a lot of people have small houses, but not everybody does. So I think sometimes I just use the excuse of our space is too tight to host like more than one family. So I'll just like overthink it and not do it at all.
1: Yeah, but or I'm, yeah, are, uh, the space is really is cluttered, or right. It's not like perfectly straight, or it's going to take too much work to clean the whole house to be able to host dinner tonight, right? when in reality you're doing it for the relationship and you're doing it to open the door to being real with other people. So a little bit of mess should not prevent you from having somebody over for dinner or having somebody over to your house.
0: So in bread and wine by Shauna Nyquist, she talks about how I think it's in that one, the idea of not having everything ready. Like when you're even like cooking for like a dinner party, like People will probably feel more comfortable showing up to your house if you're like still baking bread or whatever, rather than like you're sitting around
1: Baking bread.
0: Okay, no, I'm just laughing because I'm envisioning. I'm just us... over here
1: kneading. Well, you have to activate the gluten.
0: <laughs> I was imagining the bread cooking, Philip.
1: Oh, I see. So you pre-kneaded, but the bread is in the, <laughs> the oven leaven
0: the is maker. risen does leaven yes, right. rise
1: leaven activates things that the cause yeast. things to rise okay
0: the bread's risen babe it's in the oven all i'm saying
1: hallelujah
0: <laughs> i'm just saying that i think sometimes we're like oh my gosh i'm having people over i want to get everything clean i want to like look like i'm ready but really you're a little bit more comfortable when you get to somebody's house and they're like There may be, you know, they're not like, it's not perfectly tidy. And they're not just like sitting on their couch being like, oh, I was waiting for you. (laughs) You
1: know, please come. (laughs) in. They don't even greet you at the door. You have to walk in (laughs) by yourself. And the whole family is just sitting with arms folded on the
0: couch saying, yeah, welcome. Well, you're much more comfortable if you walk in and they're like, they're cutting vegetables and they're like, come in. And you're like, oh, can I help? Like, that's a lot more comfortable than, like, people are sitting around. Okay, so the next one is if you do have kids, just, I think, A, embracing that idea and realizing that people of all different stages of life, that you can still have relationships with them, and that having kids can be, like, a blessing and not a reason why you can't get together with people. Yeah. Yeah. Because what we thought with this is we do have some friendships with people that are younger than us and some that are older. And I would say on both ends of the spectrum, we could use that as a reason to not get together with people like, oh, because our kids like can be really annoying during the meal if we're getting together for food. Don't you think
1: oh, they're going to listen to this someday? I know how we feel about them during meals because well, to their faces, we're like, Oh, you are so wonderful during meals.
0: We never say that.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: I feel like that's our right. kids during dinner, it's like we ask them about themselves and like their day and we talk. And then if you say one thing to me directly and you start to like expand on something about your day, they immediately, like, interrupt you. Right. And then we're like, when are they going to learn? When are, they gonna learn? <laughs> well, when are that, we going to put think, our foot down with that?
1: I think that that... Tonight. We'll do it tonight. <laughs> um, I think that that gets to a lot of why kids prevent other relationships a lot of the times because mm-hmm. they just wear you down so right. much that you'd feel like, I don't have anything else to give right. to another person. Yes. <clears throat> but... Sort of like the first one involved with like taking risk and, and keeping like the future benefit in front of you as you're experiencing the like current, I just don't want to be around anyone. I want to be by myself right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Generally, with kids, if we involve someone else in like their lives or invite other people like in, mm-hmm. when, in those times when we're feeling very overwhelmed it ends up being a real win for everybody.
0: Yes. Like, so the younger people we know, a lot of times they really enjoy getting to have a relationship with our kids and our kids are like, oh, it's cool that I know, you know, they learn to have have friends with people that are 20 years younger, or excuse me, older than them and realize that they still can like, Former relationship with that person. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think older people, a lot of times they enjoy getting to, you know, maybe they've had kids and it's fun to be around kids again. Or, you know. A younger age
1: again. Like we have really good friends who asked if they could come over in time for bedtime so that they could be the ones that read to the kids before they went to bed. And it was awesome.
0: Yeah. That's like friends' goals. Make some – like that's – but I feel like that's a great – perk of having friends in a different stage of life because they might have energy in different ways that you have energy because we're like you know tired from doing bedtime every night but they miss it and then it kind of makes you grateful or us grateful for oh it is great that we get to do bedtime but then it's awesome to have a friend that wants to help you with your kids.
1: Yeah. And then in addition to that, people that are in your own life space who have kids that are a similar age to your own, if you invite them over, I mean, I feel like what happens most of the time with us, it's still, there's still chaos going on in the other room as the kids are playing together and in interruptions, but generally the kids keep themselves occupied right. and it gives the adult space to sort of hang out. And have a little bit of a break on their own. Yes. Um, so all that to say, like having kids can be an advantage for relationships, but you have to push through the overwhelm to invite people in. But and really, the tired. people of any age group come <clears throat> over, and it's sort of like we were talking about with the C.S. Lewis thing with friendship last week, where it's almost like inviting other people over, whether it's other kids or other people. They bring out little parts of us Mm -hmm. and our kids that aren't present when it's just us. Right. And it ends up being a real gift Mm -hmm. for everyone.
0: Yes. So the next idea is assume there's a chance that others feel like you. And that's a lot of the reason why we went through the list last week of the 10, no, not ten, six. like roadblocks and hard things about making friends.
1: Yeah. And we've said this, you know, already, so we Mm -hmm. don't need to get into it that much, but maybe instead of assuming that other people aren't like you, as long as you're resonating with us and you're like, Oh yeah, this friendship thing is hard. If you're like, Oh, friendship is so easy. Everyone must feel that way. Maybe you shouldn't assume everybody feels (laughs) like that. Um, but if you're saying, man, life can be sort of isolating and friendship can be sort of hard, maybe assume that it's pretty normal that other people would feel like that too as you try to initiate and that can just like take some of the edge off of the fear of initiating with other people so
0: does that mean you should assume that other feel like you when it's a hard thing but but it's like a jerk move to assume everybody feels like you if it's something you think is easy
1: number Seven on our list is put something consistent in your calendar.
0: Yes. This is especially helpful for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Tell me more. I'm just like, I think I struggle with deciding on plans sometimes. And so I want to prioritize certain things. But if I have to make a decision to prioritize it every week, then it doesn't happen a lot. Or... I don't know. Sometimes I just don't like spontaneous things. So if it's on my calendar, I feel a lot better. Yeah. So it's more likely to happen and it becomes more like, um, mindless yeah. rote, you know?
1: No, I know what you mean by that. Cause it takes energy to like decide what you're going to do. And it takes like a level of courage to like constantly initiate invitations mm-hmm. with other people. Whereas if you just said, like one of your ideas was um, making the gym a place you would meet consistently with someone, because mm-hmm. a lot of gyms have free childcare, so you put your kids in childcare, and then you hang in the lobby mm-hmm. or whatever together. And if you just said, "Okay, let's just have a standing appointment. Maybe sometimes we'll miss, but every Wednesday at 10 a.m, we're going to hang out together for an hour and grab coffee." that
0: but, pro tip. Don't call it an appointment with a friend. That doesn't sound very friendly.
1: Let me (laughs) schedule you in (laughs) to my appointment book.
0: Don't make appointments. Could we
1: have a consistent (laughs) appointment together?
0: Yeah, so putting (laughs) something... What would you call it? Uh. uh...
1: Yo, can we pop a hang stash in the old cow-cow? Let's get together. If you called it a cow-cow, does that help?
0: No, <laughs> just say hanging out with Philip. Hey, I'm
1: going to get out my appointment Or coffee. Appointment oh, book. A,
0: a date. Hey, let's have a coffee date. The point is, if you have it in your calendar, it can become something consistent. It can become something regular. And it also just kind of takes the guesswork out of, does this person still want to get together? Or... Um, does this person want to hang out with me this week?
1: Yeah. Which maybe they don't eventually. And that's why you schedule in a quarterly review <laughs> <laughs> in your appointments.
0: But it could be besides like a coffee date, get together, whatever you want to call it. It could be like, I'll do exercise classes with friends once a week, yeah. or I have like a mom's group called mops, stuff like that.
1: Okay. Moving on, this is number eight, and I'm just going to say it as I wrote it, even though I know it's controversial. Number eight is be okay with just having a few friends.
0: We kind of had a debate over this one because Philip put that in there, and then I felt like it's okay to have more friends, but I think sometimes having more friends and not going deep can be like a cover-up for you to not like let people really get to know you. You know, and so then you're missing out on the like depth of relationship. You're just kind of like filling the void of being alone.
1: Yeah. And I it's hard because like some people are just people are wired differently and some people have the capacity for just a lot more relationships than other people do. But I do think overall, if you're resonating at all with what we're saying, life is overwhelming, it's, this is a very difficult thing to do, then having a realistic expectation that, you know what, I'm probably only going to have space in my life for one or two really close friends can be helpful to set um, so that, it, one, if you've got that, you're like, you know what, I'm actually doing pretty good You know, as an adult having these couple of really close friends that I share my life with. Um, but if you're not there... You know, maybe you set up realistic expectations, understanding that I probably only have space for one or two really close friends in my life. And so that's what I'm going to move towards. Okay. You don't agree with that?
0: No, I do. But I think it's counterintuitive to the stuff about us saying, like, take a risk. Like, don't assume people have too many friends already. Invite someone over. Rebuttal.
1: Well, my rebuttal is just that I think a lot of people are probably coming from a place of either a lot of more superficial relationships that they wish would go deeper. Um, and so maybe it's just like on us to take the initiative to help them to go deeper. Um, so I think people are probably coming from a place of more of like, man, I don't have like a ton of super close friends. Those like people that I could say, hey, I need you to watch. Could you watch my kid for two hours? I don't have anybody else. hmm um, then have like a plethora of that.
0: Right. I guess. So th- the thing would be maybe if you're feeling like you want, you like need friendships, like instead of like being like, I need a bajillion friends, just try to invest more deeply in the relationships you have or yeah, I'm find okay it, with that. Yeah. I don't know. I just would, I feel like some of that is preference personally.
1: Yeah. See, that's where I don't know. I, again, I think you, depending on who you are as a person, you probably only have space for so many deep relationships. Yeah. Um, and so quantity can get in the way of quality pretty quickly if your life is already feeling busy and overwhelmed.
0: So you guys should give us your feedback on that. You can send me a DM on one delightful home or email us at one delightful shop, but we still have one more two more two more which the first one is it can't be perfect
1: this gets in some to what we were talking about in terms of an obstacle last week where if you're like a husband and wife with two or three kids it's going to be really hard to find another husband or wife with two or three kids where everybody is totally compatible not compatible and nobody, person.
0: nobody moves away eventually. Like, you know, it's probably temporary. Perfect.
1: Yeah. So I think my, our thought behind that is don't let like the ideal mm-hmm. get in the way of you being able to like pursue imperfect friendship right. in the, in the immediate. Right. Um, because the ideal is probably an illusion anyway.
0: Right. Well, cause I think of two, um, My friend down the street, she doesn't have... Our son Judah is significantly older than, like, all of her kids. So she has three kids under four, and Judah is seven. So he kind of feels like it's a drag to, like, he wouldn't want to go over there. But sometimes I think I let that get in the way of just having this friend over because I think, well, Judah, like, he might be, you know left out or whatever when it's like it's okay you know like try it
1: (laughs) and even in that situation it ended up working out okay because judah ended up wanting to Mm. he was like throwing a football it was like a very like typical like jock guy you know kind of thing (laughs) where he liked that the two little girls thought it was cool that he could throw a football right (laughs) so He ended up very
0: happy. Well, well, because what you're saying is he was he was disappointed that Carter got a play date and he didn't, and so he like was bummed when he saw Carter had a friend over, and I could let stuff like that stand in the way of me doing anything. Anyways, the point is, it's probably not going to be perfect, and so don't don't let let the the don't let the yes. All like, of these things, like I feel like it's like you have to take them in the right context. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like there's like these quotes that are like, "Don't let good stand in the way for great," except in friendships. Right, and
1: I, but we're saying yeah, like no, settle, please, yeah, just, just settle. settle, just settle, just
0: mm-hmm. settle. But see, even that's not completely true.
1: No, it's not completely true.
0: It's a web.
1: It's a doozy. One of us should get a counseling degree (laughs) so we can answer these things. All right, we're at
0: number 10. Like Philip just said, he just made a joke. And so the last one is don't take yourself too seriously and hold loosely to your opinions.
1: Yeah, this was feedback from (coughs) one of our friends, Erin. Who
0: I think she does have a counseling degree.
1: Oh, okay. Well, (sighs) we should have just written all of her answers down.
0: I know, Aaron, do you have about five more points you'd like to make? <laughs> well, okay. So what I would say with that is it kind of goes with the last one of it can't be perfect is there's so many moving pieces with like having relationships. We've talked about there's factors of how much money you make, what stage of life are you in, where do you live in town, all those different pieces, how old are your kids, um, and then that doesn't even get into like your own Political opinions, views, yes. religious views. Yes.
1: What are your thoughts about like parenting? Right. Things like yes. that.
0: Yeah. Cause like I, I feel like <laughs> this is just a specific example. Like I'm around some moms that homeschool, but then sometimes people almost get on their soapbox about something like homeschool. And then I don't think homeschooling's bad. I think it's fine. I think it can be good. But then. I could get, if I chose to, I could get offended if I felt like, oh, you're not homeschooling your kids. So just the point with all that gobbledygook is hold, like we said, loosely to some of your opinions. That's not to say like, don't stick to your like strong convictions.
1: But it is to say, man, we are, so we moved to New England from Virginia seven years ago. And I'd say just sort of like the normal way culture thinks in New England, whether it's in like a tip, like a typical community or a lot of the Christian communities we find ourselves in are very different than what was typical in Virginia. And we would have really cut ourselves off and missed having our minds open to some new things had we sort of said, no, in my little insular box is right. And that's the only thing that's right. So that's the only kind of people I'm going to associate with where I feel like are just like, breadth of experience about life has grown so much by being not taking ourselves too seriously, um, and holding what's like core to us very tightly. Um, but being willing to like dialogue and learn about Mm -hmm. a lot of other stuff from a lot of other people we've gotten to be around. And I feel like we're a lot better people as a result of it.
0: Right. Cause, and that connects into with like listening versus just like assuming things about people and, hearing people's like perspective and getting to know their feelings rather than just holding so strongly onto your opinions that you don't actually get to know the person at all. Okay. So that's our 10 tips for forming friendship in adulthood. It's a comprehensive list.
1: Totally comprehensive.
0: (laughs) You don't need any other advice to survive or navigate community.
1: this, This is something we've been thinking about for a while though, because this has been a really hard part of our life is figuring out what does it look like to have friends as adults. Right. And we didn't feel like we've ever had a lot of resources to at least get a discussion started about it. So that's really our hope with this is just to open this can of worms and say, Hey, if you're feeling at all like this, we are too. Um, and hope that, you know, some of our tips and tricks and ideas, you know, can help you think through or at least just not feel as crazy, you know, as you're trying to navigate friendship in adulthood.
0: Yes. And we have a print up in our printable library that just is a reminder of this as far as um, prioritizing friendships and other things like that in our printable library. You can find a link to that in the show notes. <music>
1: We're going to end today's show with a friendship edition of What Do You Recommend, where we make some recommendations about cultivating friendship in our world.
0: (laughs) Okay, so we thought it would be fun to highlight a few cool things that we've either seen people do or we've heard of doing that we would recommend doing in friendship. So I'm going to start with, it's called Supper Club.
1: Supper Club.
0: So this is an idea that you may have heard of like Jamie Ivy talking about on her podcast, or I think Jen Hatmaker mentions it in one of her books. Some of the heavy hitters. Yeah. So this was kind of a hack from, I think they are in the same supper club. What we do is we have three other couple friends. <laughs> We've only been doing this since this fall, but I think all of us wish that we had started it sooner. And it's, so it's four couples in total. We kind of all, decided that we were going to commit to doing this separate club so we we would set the date <clears throat> excuse me each month at a time everybody could make it but barring sickness you know hell or high water we would get together right like it wouldn't be like a oh i casually made this commitment it's like a you try to make it it's to a this hell
1: or high <laughs> water type of commitment
0: Yes, and then so one person, one couple hosts, and they get to set the menu and decide, like, the theme, if they want to discuss anything in particular. We do, like, appetizer, drinks, um, entree, and dessert, and whoever is hosting, they do everything soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. (laughs) And the couples attending, all they have to do is find a babysitter. So it's just kind of, so that ends up being three of the four nights. So we this do this once a month, three, every whatever, four months, you have to do the work of prep, but then you get three really awesome meals. Kid free. Kid free. It's kind of like a scheduled in, it's not quite a date night because you are with other couples, but you get to have adult conversation adult drinks. (laughs) Um, so we really enjoy that.
1: And I think what I found with this is that as this started, it was mainly sort of the women that had connected and organized this whole thing. But by being all together as couples, it's allowed the guys to sort of get together and form relationships with each other too. And so it's ended up being a really cool thing for all eight of us to get to know each other better, to have great meals Um, but really start to form sort of a cool community with each other where we could talk about life. And honestly, it's just nice to be around other people to be able to say, hey, kids, yeah, this is pretty hard. Hey, figuring out work-life balance. Hey, this is pretty hard. Hey, figuring out marriage. Oh, this is great. This is all fantastic. We have wonderful wives.
0: (laughs) I thought when you said, hey, kids, at first I thought you meant, hey, kids.
1: Oh, right. Because part of Supper Club is you bring down the children of the people who are hosting and you scold them for a little while it's like everybody can take their oh life. my
0: gosh Philip, <laughs> that's a bad joke oh
1: yeah that's that's true we don't actually do that yeah all right we're, no r- we
0: really don't do that thank you very much
1: That's going to do it for
0: this week's episode of... One Delightful Podcast. Thanks for listening, you guys. If you want to leave us a review, we would love it.
1: It's like a little internet high five.
0: That was good. And
1: you can check out the show notes to get links for anything we talked about in the episode and our Amazon link that you could use to shop for stuff like chicken bouillon with.
0: And if you have opinions about what we talked about, questions... Do you agree? Was that a totally comprehensive list of how to navigate friendship as an adult? Then you can email us at one delightful shop at gmail.com.
1: Or hit us up on Twitter. JK, we don't really do Twitter.
0: Who tweets anymore? Have a great
1: week.